Tonight on the Yeah You Right podcast, we have a special guest, Miss Emily Bissett. Pizza Boss. The Pizza Boss. That's right. Pizza Boss. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Um, Townsend and I were out of town, um, but you were around. Uh, did you get any riding in this weekend? I did, actually, yeah. We, we did some pretty good riding on Saturday, group of us. Um, it was very windy. Uh, it was so windy, in fact, that on Sunday we had plans to do a ride, and nobody did them. Well, not nobody. I didn't do it. Yeah, you know, it looked like some people were riding, judging yeah, from Strava. Judging from Strava, yeah. There were some people out hunting. Uh, I got a message from our friend Zach who uh, sent me a little... He slid into my DMs on Instagram and wanted to know if I if I'd lost any KOMs. And uh, yeah, matter of fact, I actually lost a few KOMs <laughs> this weekend. Um, uh, and then checking Strava, I saw that a lot of people got crowns. They were... Uh, Strava was handing out crowns like they hand out swag bags at a gravel fondo. Well, good evening, and welcome to episode 81 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. Hello, y'all. This is the Pizza Boss. Ooh, subbing in for Sir Cheerio tonight. Glad to have you uh, here, uh, Pizza Boss, and <laughs> glad we could share this mic. Uh, we're a little underprepared without, you know, uh, one third of our stool, Sir Cheerio. Um, but uh, he's all- also he's also our technical uh, director. Yeah, yeah, he, he's the tech wizard around here. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, last episode I did talk about how I was taking KOM, so. I uh, I have I'm joking around, and I hope I'm glad that people went out there and, and took my KOMs because uh, that that's what it's all about is having fun and and you gotta make uh, make hay when the wind blows. So yeah, it's like you don't go surf when the waves aren't up. Yeah, right. Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, I didn't get any of my KOMs stolen this past weekend, but uh, I was thinking to myself, man, that really was a good idea. <laughs> like I should have gone out there and tried to get some more. Well, uh, we had some we had some delicious pizza with uh, with our friends uh, Tom and Lauren in Sunny King after the race on Saturday, and we'll get around to that. But why don't we start with the big race of the weekend, which actually wasn't wasn't the Cat Three Four race in Sunny King, no. Cody? I'm sorry to disappoint. The race that everybody yeah. was watching this weekend uh, was Perry Roubaix. Oh, I thought you said the race that everybody was watching was your Masters Cat Four Thirty Five Plus. That was number two. Seems race. like a lot of people tuned into your race. So yeah, I got we'll, a lot of comments about that. Looking good on the front for a few minutes, T Bone. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'll, get, we'll you, get. You were hanging in there for a minute. Yep, yep, yeah, me too. Um, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, but yeah, let's go to the the, the big story of the weekend, uh, Perry Roubaix. Um, Townsend, you and I watched it on a hotel bed uh, in uh, Anniston, Alabama, and uh, I mean, it was a great race. Yeah, no, it was great. Wake up at the Hampton Inn uh, on the laptop. It was cozy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your daughter was snoring next to us. <laughs> she was not interested in getting up and watching the race. She was interested in sleeping, but yeah, and I don't know, maybe this is a good place to start because the first thing that I saw, you and you, you did, you're like, hey man, they're getting ready to get into the forest. Uh, I jumped up, uh, came over, sat next to you. We started watching and almost immediately 
Wout Van Aert had a huge mechanical, broke his bike uh, right at the beginning of the cobbles in the Arenberg. I, you actually couldn't tell what had happened. We learned later that he had that he had broken, literally broken his frame. I think is is what the report yeah, was. Something like that. That's yeah. I don't know the, the exact details, but yeah, broke his bike on the Arenberg and then. Uh, had switched to another bike. I don't know if that was his bike that he switched to. Got a, got a teammate's yeah. bike, right? Uh, got back on. Uh, did his best, uh, Matthew Vanderpoel in Flanders impression. I saw somewhere that uh, he set a new power record for that bike when he got back on his teammate's bike. Some he posted something <laughs> on Instagram about <laughs> setting oh, new power wait, record. Wait, did he have it? He had a, still had his teammates. He still has teammates. Uh, I guess computer so. on the yeah. bike. I don't know, but he yeah. said, yeah, he set a new power record on his teammate's bike. Nice. I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, that's a good way to set a new some some new records. Just loan somebody your bike <laughs> and your computer and have them go out and just crush. Yeah, you you uh, you said you set a new uh, power meter after Sunny King. Uh, maybe your maybe your computer was picking up someone else's signal. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I actually think that. For their sake, I hope not, because it still wasn't that, uh, still was pretty modest. But anyway, yeah, so Wout breaks his bike, gets a new bike, uh, chases back on for, for a while. Uh, I mean, that's a story in and of itself, which maybe we'll get to, but let's, you know, I'm sort of burying the lead here. Yeah, I mean. Ph- Philippe Joubert winning his, uh, winning uh, Roubaix for the first time, uh, the fourth monument that he's won. Out of out of five of them, or you know, I don't know if you count Tour of California as the sixth one, but uh, so he's got four out of five or six, depending on who's counting. He's probably going to win Tour of California this year. Probably, now too. I could see he's that. hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, so yeah, he's got Milan San Remo, Milan San Remo, the only monument now that he hasn't won. Um, a lot of people are calling him the best classics racer of our generation. Uh, not sure how Tom Boonen and uh, yeah, Cancellara feel about I'm, that. That's what I'm wondering. Are, are people including Boonen and Cancellara in that generation, or because they're retired, is it now like of the, of the current writers? Yeah, the last five years or something. I mean, shit, Tom Boonen's one monument within the last five years. Uh, it's been a little bit more than five years, yeah, I but guess. Isn't, what's that thing they say about bike racing where it's like when you stop winning, people forget about you? Yeah, well, I don't know that anybody's ever going to forget about Boonen. In, uh, no, he in has Rube. like two songs on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, kudos to Phil Jill, a crafty, a crafty victory. We don't want to break it down from from beginning to end, but he was in the right place at the right time, and um, and always went with the right move, and 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 made the move. I mean, he animated what ultimately was the winning move. Uh, it was a solo move. Uh, you'll have to remind me exactly how it all played out, but I believe Niels Pollitt eventually bridged up to his move, and uh, and it was the two of them that went to the line together in in the velodrome um, after uh, you know a bit of uh, back and forth. Uh, I don't know, Bodie. I mean, yeah, I mean, talk I, about it. Well, I mean, I just wanted to also shout out Niels Pollitt for second place. I mean, he's had a really strong spring classics another guy kind of uh riding like betty all i mean we've seen neil's kind of been be up there in the past and he's a guy who i've uh, picked on my fantasy team because he always seems to be around top 10 ish and uh i think he's a bit of a time trialist also kind of a bit of a sprinter he's won a few group sprints um on the classics so just a good all-rounder 
Uh, he reminds me of some Hanna-Barbera cartoon that I cannot remember <laughs> the name of. But he's got uh, very prominent teeth, uh, and his pain face is a very uh, open mouth um, look. Very distinctive style on the bike, but uh, yeah, strong ride, and I guess he has a little bit of track history, although I just, I bet that Gilbert just had a little bit more, uh, better legs uh, when it came to the velodrome and the sprint. Uh, looked like he uh, he went from the back, and Paula had to lead him out, and really just couldn't couldn't do much about it. He, he looked over his shoulder, shoulder and saw Gilbert going and, and got on his wheel fairly soon, but uh, couldn't, couldn't stop that train. Well, backing up just a little bit, um, or, or let, let's uh, just uh, round, out the, uh, round out the podium, uh, finishing in third was uh, Gilbert's teammate, Eve Lampert, who had been with those guys for a bit. It was a pretty select group, and I'm going to forget somebody, I'm sure, when I do this. Bodie, you were making some contemporaneous notes as we were watching. but I am, yeah. I can tell you it was, it was, it was Sag, Sagan, uh, Gilbert, Wow, Lampart, Pollitt, and Sepp, Sepp Van Mark, right. um, who, who kind of in the uh, 36K to go is what the note I wrote, mm-hmm. uh, one minute gap. So they, those, that was the select, what is that, six riders? Right, and that was, that was uh, Gilbert had been solo for a bit, and then the rest of those eventually caught back on to him. Uh, and then it was Pollitt that really animated it, um, yeah, he attacked in the feed zone. He attacked that. That's right. He attacked oh, that yeah. group in the feed zone, and uh, and Gilbert went with him, and uh, the two of them then were away together for the rest of the race. Um, Sagan looked like he just didn't have the legs yeah, to cover it. Uh, Sepp was apparently suffering from a mechanical that had forced his bike into its most difficult gear. He was in the 5311. Oh. So he was riding uh, a la Uran Uran. That's right. Last minute bike change, I thought. He too. made a last minute bike change and got back on um got back on a bike that was that was working uh, and and managed to outsprint Sagan for fourth. Yeah. Sagan finished fifth and uh Another DQS rider uh, finished six. D- De Kunick had four in the top ten. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to, have to bring that up. I think that might have been Stebar, and uh, I think uh, was it. Uh, yeah. Wait, where did Wout come? Where did Wout place? So yeah, I mean let's let's go to Wout. I mean Wout. So Wout crashes, changes his bike. Um, then he he gets on a new bike. He slips out in a corner, crashes again. He has to pretty much chase on his own. Uh, a lot of questions on the internet, like where the hell were Wout's teammates? Um, kind of harkens back to the old um, uh, cyclocross meme, go, 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 Wout's teammates, Yeah, if you remember <laughs> that one. Well, I can tell you where Wout's teammates were. They were in the rear part of the peloton just hanging in there. They were not dropping back to, to escort Wout back up. I don't know why. Uh, it must have. They must have known. I mean, they do have radios. So Wout said on the internet that he didn't that there was no reason to you know cast any scorn towards his teammates and that everything was as planned. I mean, I mean he had a, he was chasing. Yeah, I guess they could have dropped back because he was on his own for a while. But then he was in the the team cars for a while, and there was uh, almost an incident where he almost crashed into a team car. And we'll talk about Portis Benut. Um, but yeah, he he I think he 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 gave it all on that chase. And uh, once he got to the, f- the finale and. And once the attack started going, he really couldn't uh, do anything about it. 
and you saw him at the end. He gave an interview. I haven't uh, heard an English translation, but he seemed uh, absolutely gutted at the end. Well, yeah, he was. I mean, his Just, body language told the story. He was wasn't even couldn't wasn't even looking at the camera. I mean, he was sunken into his hands and just uh, lots of one syllable answers. So you know, Dutch or uh, uh, English, same thing. I mean, it was a lot of <laughs> lot of shoulder shrugging and, and one word answers. Yeah, well, it seems like a guy who kind of like, and it was really uh, emphasized in that moment that he's he's the kind of guy who carries the weight of the world on his shoulders. And I feel like I see that in his body language, and uh, which I is like completely opposite to me of Matthew Vanderpaul. And it's interesting that we in in two weekends in a row, uh, both Vanderpool and Wout have these sort of heroic um, comebacks from crashes and uh, sort of incidents. And we were joking that it was the Wout uh, like hold my beer um, <laughs> thing, where he was going to try and you know one up Vanderpool and come back from a pretty brutal crash and get on the podium. Um, but unfortunately, he just did not have the legs for it. Um, yeah, and, and Wout's shoulders are so small, though. He can't hold the weight of the world. He's, he seems, he's very angsty to me. Um, but uh, good job, Wout. Love you. Yeah, interesting. I mean, you have a you have a note here in the agenda, Wout Van Aert, man of the match, question mark. Um, we're big Wout fans, uh, big cyclocross fans. Uh, you know, I mean, certainly a case could have been made last week that, that, that Vanderpoel was the, was the man of the match in Flanders for his comeback. He ended up finishing fourth. Uh, in the in the sprint finish, um, don't know if you know. Don't know if I agree that the same case can be made for Wout in this case. I mean, it was certainly heroic to to come back the way he did, um, but there was something about it that just didn't seem quite as overwhelming as as Vanderpool's comeback in Flanders. And maybe it's just that he didn't have it at the end to be competitive um, at the end. And I mean, he, he crashed he, twice. Yeah, come on, true. <laughs> I was pretty I was pretty engaged in that story. Like seeing Wout come back twice was pretty engaging to me. Although I'm a big fan of his, so, you know. Uh so yeah, speaking of other woes, I mean, we mentioned EF uh EF had multiple woes. I mean, after having a really strong Flanders, um, you know, we were tuned on the race and like where the hell is Finney and apparently Finney was left by the side of the road as Team Car oh, passed yeah. him when he had a mechanical and DNF'd. I guess Finney was like too chill about it. You know, he should have been jumping up and down and waving his arms. And instead he was probably just standing there just like, this is really not cool. He's like, well, this is where the race is taking me. So I got to roll with it. Yeah. I mean, there's a haiku in here somewhere and it ends with my team car stopping and giving me some service, bro. And then like, you know, in a cloud of dust, the team car goes by and he's like, whoa, that was the team car, bro. This is not chill anymore. I think I'm probably out of this race, <laughs> yo. Uh, I feel bad. I mean, that's that's I do a, too. That's a bummer. I, we, we, I was wanting to see, you know, where he was going to be and how he could do, and if he could, you know, bro, got top five in Roubaix, um, you know. And then we spoke about Sepp and his his rear derailleur issue, and what I thought was interesting, and I made a note of this, is that the original Instagram post that kind of detailed uh, Sepp's uh, race had a disclaimer at the bottom of it saying the real derailleur was uh, damaged in a crash so as to not blame, I guess, who, what do they They ride Shimano? They must, right? Yes. Oh. Um, uh, there was no no blame to be had on the manufacturer of the of the drivetrain. 
Then that disclaimer was gone. And then the comments were turned off on the post, and then they were back. I don't know. It was wow. really interesting. Um, like I told you, I think that was the most interesting thing in that post. Hmm. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, the fact of the matter is shit happens in Roubaix, right? Yeah. Bike, bikes break. You know, uh, mechanicals break. We're going to talk about uh, Alexander Kristoff in just a minute and, 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 and some, uh-huh. of the, some of the troubles that, that he had. Um, you know, shit just goes wrong, and, and especially in Roubaix. Uh, do feel bad for Sepp. I mean, he was it, it, he was hanging in there, right? It was kind of amazing. He was, you know, drifting back to the neutral service vehicle, describing the problem to them. His team car rolled up on him. He was describing the problem to them. All the while, he was hanging with Sagan and um, uh, Eve's Lampart. Who, in his hardest gear. Yeah, in his hardest gear. And I guess he basically said, like, at the end of the day, he just he couldn't. He couldn't do anything, but I mean, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. At the end of the day, he outsprinted Sagan for fourth. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess, what he was saying is he had no way to go with with uh, Eve Lampere when he went. He didn't have the legs to to go with him um, because ultimately Lampere broke out of that uh, broke out of that remnants of the of the chase and and finished third. Would have been nice, I suppose. Sepp would have wanted the podium, but he still finished fourth. So, um, you know, still have it's a great result for for EF. Um, but let's talk about Kristoff, uh, and I'm really bummed that Sertirio is not here, so I can give him a huge oh, yeah. amount of shit for the tubeless experiment failure. Um, I just saw this story today, or yeah. I just saw this today about Kristoff blaming the. The wrong, the wrong tire choice, or the right? Wrong so Christoph says he made the wrong tire choice in and going with uh, tubeless tires again this week in Roubaix. Remember, Alexander and listening <laughs> audience, if you will, you finished third last week in Flanders on the same tubeless setup. Uh, didn't hear you complaining about it last week. Uh, now he he gets a few punctures in in Roubaix. I mean, look. I don't understand. How do you puncture a tubeless tire? Well, I was just thinking. So he's he was he was upset about the tubeless. Does he not normally run tubeless? I was confused about the story. Uh, okay, so he ran a tubeless setup uh, in Flanders for the first time. I think he's been running tubeless this spring. This okay. okay. I'm sorry. So so he's he's been running tubeless for this classic season. Yeah. Finished third in Flanders on the tubeless setup. It was a big, interesting story. Sergio, you know, made a big, made a big point of it last week. Uh, he's not the only uh, pro rider that's that's running tubeless. Um, numbers have been experimenting with it. You know, I mean, Flanders has plenty of cobbles. The cobbles in Flanders are are not nearly as severe and as potentially uh, damaging as yeah. the as the cobbles in Roubaix. Uh, I guess he made the decision to stick with the two. Obviously, he did make the decision to stick with the tubeless setup for Roubaix. Uh, to answer your question, Bodie, you 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 puncture a, a, a tubeless tire when you puncture it or cut it in such a way that the sealant it's too big for the sealant to to seal the hole. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing about that, and I don't know because I don't know the circumstances surrounding what what he punctured on or what the nature of the puncture was i can't i don't know the 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 details of any of this but it it goes without saying that he probably was no less likely uh to 
to flat a regular tubular tire. Okay. Um, if if indeed he was if you know he was going to puncture, he was probably just as likely to, to to puncture a tubular tire as well. I mean, you know, I'm not sure if Kristoff. Obviously, he does understand this, and I don't mean to give him a hard time, but it's like plenty wow. of people, plenty of people flat. <laughs> Wait, in okay. Roubaix, whether they're running tubeless or tubular, so I don't know. And not exactly, Bodie, you may know more about you know why exactly he felt so um, upset about his choice. Um, be, you know, so the alternative would be would have been tubular, not tubes. Oh yeah, yeah. Nobody's okay. nobody's running tubes. Nobody's running. Okay, that was yeah. That was my thought. Okay. But in any event, and I don't, I didn't quite understand why, why that put him out of the race, um, because you can always just get a new wheel. Well, yeah. I mean, it's Roubaix. It's Roubaix. Uh, as we see, it sometimes it's hard to get a new wheel. And uh, well, I mean, there's like, there's like Flemish farmers and uh, French farmers <laughs> standing on the side of the road holding wheels in the. Are they? They're, they're handing out wheels like swag bags at a gravel fondo. Yeah, like yeah, like medals at a mountain bike race. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anyway, well, you know what? Hopefully, Sergio um, will report back. And his his only comment was, "Should have been riding twenty eights." Hmm. Um, so let's talk about some other storylines. Uh, Tis Banut uh, crashed into the back of the Yumbo Visma team car when he was chasing back through the caravan. Yeah. Hmm. And I mean, out like broke his collarbone. I mean, I think his classic season is done. I mean, that's. And then we saw that car later on. Well, right. So, yeah, I, the, the, I'll, I'll give you from my perspective. So we hear as we're watching the race that Tish Benut has crashed, that he's been crashed out by a team car, right? Yeah. So that's one piece of news that we have. And then an hour later, we're watching the caravan go through, and one of the moto, the TV motos is right behind the... Uh, Yumbo Visma. The Yumbo Visma mm-hmm. team car. And they show the rear window of the Yumbo Visma team car completely smashed out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a second now piece of information. The announcers aren't putting those two pieces of information together immediately. So we're hearing, we've heard about Tish Benut. Then we see this car, and you and I are saying to each other, damn, what happened there? Like, did what, you know, I'm thinking maybe they, you know, hit a big cobble and the force of it shattered the window and then 20 minutes later they say no Tish Benut crashed into the back of the Yumbo Visma car and smashed out the window so now we get to put the whole story together and we're like holy shit he went through the rear window wow. of the car uh yeah that's brutal and uh someone pointed out like how is that car still on the road I mean <sighs> uh, that's got to be dangerous like glass flying off everywhere I mean maybe that's why uh Christoph uh, punctured so many times was the Yumbo Visma <laughs> car was uh, dropping uh, dropping glass like turtle shells in Mario Kart. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a like a shitty way to go out. I feel for Tease. I mean, he's a uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, second big crash of the of the classics. He 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 went down hard and get wavel gum right. Nice. Hmm. These these races are meat grinders. Um, another. Uh, Cool story. Feel good story after all this bad news. Yeah, isn't I'm probably gonna murder this name is Evaldus Siscovicius. Siscovicius or Sick Kid Vicious. Evald Sick Kid Vicious. He was the Lantern Rouge last year who had to beg the organizers to open the gate to the velodrome so he could finish the race. And this year. 
top 10 at Roubaix, bro. Like, pull the finny. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, that's a super cool story, and I haven't seen a report on it, just just kind of like murmurings on Twitter, so I don't know. It's it's really interesting to see um, what a difference uh, a year can make to someone's uh, uh, career and yeah. results, strength. Well, I mean, you know, we the the it wasn't a big story as it was unfolding in the race because, you know, the race was up ahead and there was this group of big hitters and, and, you know, Gilbert winning the race, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, nobody's necessarily spending a whole lot of time talking about who's in ninth, but we did see him a few times, um, in the race. He's racing for the, uh, I'm going to get this wrong. I think some of the, the Delco Marseille team, it's a, it's a, uh, a pro Conti team that got an invitation to Roubaix this year and may have, may have also had an invitation to Roubaix in the past. Anyway, they had a nice sort of light blue, light blue kit. And we saw that kit a few times and you and I were talking saying, you know, what team is that? Uh, and then toward the end of the race, we saw him, um, solo off the front of the remnants of the Peloton sort of behind that, behind the, behind the front group. He went off on his own out of that Peloton and I guess managed to stay away. So, uh, we did see him, see him racing. Couldn't, couldn't have called him and named him at the time, but yeah, and didn't know the story until we read it in a, in a tweet, uh, this morning, but that's a feel good story. And that's, uh, that's what makes bike racing awesome, huh? Yeah. I mean, a uh, lot, a lot of storylines at Roubaix and, um, it's it, just, uh, just some thinking about some of the content that comes out afterwards and all the, um, the shower photos. And I got multiple people sent me the photo of Mitch Docker, um, in the showers looking kind of fuzzed out. Um, but yeah. But I think his comment was uh, like so stoked to finish. I think he finished seventy third, and I was like, "That's how I felt after Sunny King." Um, yeah, but so some rumors I also heard about. Um, we've talked on the podcast that there's no women's Roubaix. I mean, there's a women's Flanders, but you know why is there no women's Roubaix? Uh, well, uh, Roubaix is organized by ASO. Uh, ASO doesn't have the best um, history in terms of women's racing, but it sounds like that. Um, Specialized might be getting behind uh, a women's edition next year, so that's cool. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, hopefully, they will. I don't know the same day or maybe the, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it'd be actually better to have it the day before, uh, so there's no incidents where you know they have to neutralize a race. Um, two days of action. I don't know. I mean, I'm curious how how it pulls out and and how does it work with a. Uh, a big bike sponsor is the one who's sort of uh, bringing it together. Um, also, and that, and this is coincided with their new Roubaix bike. Right. Um, and Cycling Tips podcast had a whole episode about it with Specialized. Um, sounds like a pretty interesting bike. Uh, they got rid of the desserts. That was the main thing that I that I got out of that. And there's no more uh, Cobble Gobbler. They have a new... Uh... It is that there is a vibration dampening system in both the stem and the seat post, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, what is interesting is, or maybe not interesting, but it's definitely notable, is there's, I think they're no longer doing women's frames. Oh, yeah, I've heard about this. They're backing away from, like, industry is backing away from having women-specific frames. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I have to say, Emily, you and I talked about, we were talking about saddles the other day, mm-hmm. just to, you know, and, and, you know, the saddle obviously is something that, 
is could be women specific right um you have certain potentially you know gearing or uh, bar width or other things that might be mm-hmm. women specific but honestly you know the geometry of the frame is probably the least women specific thing about a bicycle you yeah know? i heard somewhere that or I, I feel like i read this today in the bicycling magazine on our kitchen table but it said something about um the women's specific frames use this idea that women have shorter torsos and longer legs and then that's just like found not to be true across the board which makes total sense because that wouldn't be me at all sure um, well and, but 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 by the same token if you think about the the entire universe of men that ride right. bicycles they're men like me that have long legs and a short torso then they're men that have long torsos and short legs right. and you correct yeah and you correct that with stem length right. and you know right. saddle so those height same corrections are i mean it's going to be same for women or men that's right yeah. So th- that's essentially what uh, the specialized um, engineers said in, in this in this podcast is that, yeah, they found that after they have so much data because they partnered with Retool, so much data set so they can just look at it across the board and realize, yeah, there is no specific uh, women's geometry. So I don't know. That's cool. Yeah, um, but everybody needs to get fit on yes, their bike. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, at the end of the event, Perry roubaix established itself uh, as a hack amateur event uh, <laughs> by setting up the podiums backwards. Yeah, that was a shock to see. Yeah. Oh, I did not. I mean, we've that. seen that in some big cyclocross races. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've certainly seen it in you know lots of amateur uh, races. People people get that one wrong, but you wouldn't expect uh, an ASO event to to get that one wrong. And and I mean so much so that I started thinking to myself. Is there really a podium standard after all? I mean, there there is, right? We're not just making that up. <laughs> right? Second is always to the right of first. Well, that's obviously what we've established as a pretty good rule on this podcast, and other people have established uh, these these rules. And I, I think, and the Olympics, I sort of has <laughs> established that. Well, I feel like the Olympics is the uh, standard bearer, or you know, set the rules for how the podium should be. I mean, the Greeks. Right, probably did this. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm pretty like I when I picture uh, the 2016, 2017 Roubaix when Matt Heyman win, I always picture I picture Boonin to his right. So, and the you know the right hand. What what what, what do we say? Jesus yeah, sits at the I right hand of the Father. Say that, and then I was like, I don't really want to go re- go there. Yeah. Well, we said it on the podcast. So anyway, uh, yeah. So I feel like so they, yeah, the Bible established yeah. it before yeah, exactly. anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so there we go. Um, yeah, so, um, well, well <laughs> you got a segue, it sounds like. I got one, I got one. Okay, here. okay. Well, one place that they did not get the podiums backwards was in Anniston, Alabama this weekend at the Sunny King Criterium. Unfortunately, Bodie, neither you or I got to sample said podiums, uh, and uh, but it, nevertheless, it was a great day of racing uh, uh, for, for both of us, I think, uh, for friends of the podcast, Tom Gibbons uh, and uh, Lauren Dodge. Uh, and the, the the team of automatic racing and really everybody that was there great atmosphere a lot of fun big lambra presence up in turn one with the team from velavit uh and uh, 4d uh big team from 4d showing up uh, had a had a good time it felt like a kind of felt like a little bit of a 
a little bit of a Lambra hoedown up there at 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 turn one on yeah. uh, on Saturday, didn't it? That was that was fun. It was it was nice to um, get back into the road scene um, and hang out with. Honestly, I mean, these are people we see at cross races or gravel races. So they're just, you know, our Lambert friends. And, um, yeah, Velavit really came strong with the big crew and they uh, greased a few elbows. It's not greased, really greased a few palms, greased a few palms. <laughs> I, th- I think they, I think they, they, um, donated to the, the, um, the Prem fund, Prem fund. Yeah. And got a really good, you know, uh, good vantage point. Well, uh, I think they, yes, they they threw a one hundred dollar preem for the women's three four five race. Uh, at least uh, Bert Massey from uh, Velavit uh, said that, uh, and he may have been joking. I'm not sure. They were saying Velavit mm. all evening. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah they, that no, for sure they, they had they had thrown some money, money in, 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 yeah. into the preem. I don't know if it was in direct exchange for that primo parking spot, but, uh-huh. but um, we'll, we'll just assume it was. But, yeah, we basically had uh, turn one on lock, huh? A couple campers, yeah. uh, tent. I mean, we didn't, but yeah. they did, and they invited us to hang out with them, which was nice. Yeah, we, we just glommed on. Uh, we, you know, uh, our, our teammate uh, Chip and his wife uh, Annette were there. And, um, yeah, like you said, a whole squad from Tulane and 4D came up. So... Uh, just an awesome day of racing. Started out a little wet. We were driving up to Anniston from where we stayed, and it was a little wet. Cool. I was going to say pouring rain, thunder, and lightning. <laughs> yeah, kind of wet. I bet you're glad that somebody packed your raincoat. <laughs> I was actually really glad that you uh, <laughs> suggested that and made it happen. Um, although, it, it, although it did finally dry up and warm up. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we we pulled into literally pulled off the interstate into Anniston. Stopped raining. Uh, by the time we got parked and started setting up, uh, the rain was done for good. The roads were already starting to dry up. It was a nice little, nice little breeze blowing through. Uh, eventually, the the uh, sun came out, and so by the time my race happened at at uh, twelve twenty five, uh, it was dry as a bone. Course was completely dry. There were a couple spots where there were maybe a couple little puddles, uh, but uh, other than that course was completely dry still a little windy but uh, a lot of fun racing that um i really appreciate uh your sort of like talking me talking me through some things Bodie. i'm not much of a crit racer um and the same thing happens to me every time i race a crit which is i get super nervous going into it not but not because i'm worried about how well i'm going to do because i know generally that i'm not going to do super well right i'm just you know i want to get out there and ride and have fun but i get nervous you know that i'm going to lay it down or that some mm-hmm. dude's going to crash me out or you know that 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 something like messed up is going to happen and i'm going to you know and i'm going to hurt myself uh and you know i do these practice laps at at kind of three-quarter speed and I'm just not feeling any of the corners and I'm just not you know feeling great about it and I'm thinking to myself how am I going to do this at race speed and then the race starts and I'm in the race and I'm in the pack and I'm in the drops and I'm railing corners and I'm feeling super confident and and I'm just in the moment and and I'm still not doing great you know Sonny King I ended up I ended up getting dropped from the from the main group and and riding the riding the race with a group of about ten kind of off the back, but I still had a blast. Um, I was racing with those guys. We were working together, you know, picking up picking up guys, other guys that were getting uh, shelled throughout the race from the from the main pack. I had a blast. I stayed safe. Um, 
set a new power record, uh, which, I, which I'm not. Yeah, as Tom as Tom Gibbons said, uh, yeah, that's great. Congratulations, but it's like in the race is not the time when you want to be setting power records. It's like you want to be you want to be doing that in training, um, so that you know, so that you. Well, are, it just meant that you went really hard. It did mean mean that I went really hard. Um, and you gave it your all. I gave it my all, and I had a great time. And uh, and so, it, again, going back to the whole sort of same thing happens every time. The thing that happens is after the race is done, I'm just like, man, crit racing is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I want to go race more crits. Uh, I want to okay. train. I want to get fast. That's the kind of thing that happens to me after every kind of race that I do. Yeah. That's bike racing. Pretty awesome. awesome thing about yeah. bike racing. Yeah, I have to agree. I, you know, I think this was a, it was kind of a mental hurdle for me. I did uh, Sunny King in 2016, and uh, that was my first year, like, trying, you know, had a coach, and I was training, and uh, just came off of Rouge Bay and, and, and went to, we drove all the way to Sunny King, and I got dropped, like, you know, 16 minutes into the race. Well, you were a new three then, or relatively new three. Mm-hmm. It was also a threes-only race that year. This was a 3-4 race that you did this year, right? So you're saying I'm not as strong. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I'm saying you, you, no, no, you, it was mostly threes in that race. It was. Yeah, I actually I, looked at the results. It was yeah, most, I mean, mostly I don't, know, I don't know that fours make it any slower. Yeah, right. They just um, maybe add more uh, danger. wind. Right. Uh, sorry, windbreak. A little more shelter. Mm-hmm. But no, no, no. What I'm, 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 this is not a, uh, this is not a point to disparage you. This is a point about race promotion and and categorization that I think speaks to what more promoters should do. There was a two-three race that guys like Dustin Drews and some of the faster threes uh, were, were doing, and then there was a three-four race where like you know the more down-to-earth, just you know normal threes like you, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're doing it was, it was like I, I, I was like. Okay, yeah, I belong in the three four race. I was very like, oh man, I'm, I'm gonna get dropped. I don't really belong here. And then I was like, oh no no, this is my field. The three four, these are my people. Uh, this these, this is my crew. I want to go race with all those guys again at more crits. Which is like the best kind of race you can be in is a race with your peers, like with people that are actually at your level. That's yeah. what makes it fun. Um, Bodie, just you know, from the fans' perspective, uh, it was fun to watch you race. You and Chip, you um, you went hard from the gun. You, you and I both had the idea, and this was uh, based on a little uh, message messenger conversation that we were having with uh, with Tom Gibbons on the way to the race. His advice was, you know, get out, you know, get toward the front as soon as you can. You know, stay in the top ten. You and I both decided we were gonna, you know, try to treat like a cross race. Tri- Go for the whole like shot. cross race. Go for the whole shot, uh, and you and I both came around turn one in second place. We did, yeah. It was a, uh, you know, it's so easy to clip in, and I was really surprised to find myself in that position. And uh, then I was like, oh, I actually don't want to be here. Uh, <laughs> maybe suffered a little bit for it, but uh, yeah, it was, you had it a hard was... time getting guys to come around you. There was a one guy, the, the one guy that went hard off the front came around you, and then you were still on the front oh, waiting for somebody to come around. Yeah, you. I guess I guess I rewatched the race. It's like I guess I actually let that break go. I guess I'm the one. Yeah. who uh, didn't chase down um, Gavin Blair, who we should talk about his crazy race. Uh, but you know, my excuse is, well, he's a Lambra guy. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna chase him down. Also, he went from the gun. Him and another guy went from the gun, and we're away for almost the rest of the race. And let's talk about it briefly. So Gavin attacks um, him. And this guy, uh, I don't know the other guy's name. Uh, Gary Ogle, actually, um, I believe. They're away uh, for most of the race on their own. 
And at some point, Gavin attacks that guy and goes hard into turn three. Which On is, the big downhill into turn three. Which is the toughest turn. Uh, crashes. Yeah, he had overcooked it. And guess who was there? Uh, but T-Bone. I saw that. I saw that on the internet. Yeah, got a little, uh, got a little mechanics uh, airtime there. So uh, you helped him out. You put his chain got, back on. Got his chain back on and, and, and got him going. The one thing I forgot to do was to remind him to go to the pits. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, he, uh, he, he obviously lost his brake partner. He, he had, <laughs> they had such a big gap, that, and, and we, got his, we got his chain back on and got him going again so quickly that, that he, was, he was able to jump back in with the pack. Uh, in fact, was was right on almost on the front of the pack pretty pretty quickly, um, but but he certainly would have had a right to take the uh, a free lap in the pits. He didn't. Um, Brad Soner and and whatnot on the on the. Um, so you don't have to go to the pit. You don't have Fred? to go to the pit okay. if you don't want to. It's a, it's it, it. But you he would have had a right to okay. uh, go to the pit and take a free lap yeah, I mean, and right. join back in with, with the break. Ah, so, so that's he that's that's the opportunity that. that he missed. Yeah, I mean that, that I watched that I watched we watched the race, watched the live stream. Brad mm-hmm. said that um, he was he jumped back in, was right at the front of the group again, and Brad was Brad Center was like, pull up, dude, pull up, go to the pits. <laughs> um, he didn't, um, but didn't. I mean, he rode with the group for a while and then attacked a couple times and then at the end attacked and uh, he got second place so wow uh, that kid's strong and uh super look, strong yeah look that's forward a 40 to, guy right yeah yeah he's at two's at two lane um look forward to see him race a little more this year um actually you know townsend we record a little audio um kind of immediately post race while the adrenaline was still pumping so let's uh let's throw to that and get some of our immediate reactions post race and uh, we'll come back after that all right so a couple of us just finished doing some racing. Uh, well, my, my race finished a little earlier. Bodie's just finished. How'd it go, Bodie? Um, actually, that went a lot better than I thought it was going to go. I mean, granted, it was mother effing hard, and I wanted to die probably about 30 times. Um, and I almost pulled the plug. Like, I almost said through the anchor and was like all right well that was fun i'm done for the day and just then the group slowed up a bit and i could finally catch my breath and uh i finished with the pack Uh, i'm actually really stoked about that i got some good crit experience my uh first uh first crit since 2017 so um pretty stoked about that and uh yeah you were in the race with uh teammate chip Parker, Chip, how was your race? It was tough. It was real tough for an old dude. <laughs> but it was good. I mean, it was, uh, there was attack after attack after attack. It just seemed like it was from the start to the finish. It was just one after the other, you know? And, uh, Chip, you, you seemed to hold good positioning the entire race. I was yo-yoing back and forth, and, and you were kind of up towards the front. So good job on uh, keeping your uh, front wheel safe and keeping your nose dry. Yeah, Chip. Chip was uh, Chip was uh, typically about fifth or sixth wheel in that in that main group. And Bodie, yeah, you're right. You were tail gunning for just a bit. I was worried about you for a minute, but you you, you, you worked your you worked your way back up. You know, about halfway through the race, kind of into the into the pack. Uh, and I know you were drifting a bit, but you guys like you had a decent sprint. Kind of had a mid mid pack sprint finish. You guys finished right next to each other. In fact, in fact, I think actually, Bodie, you may have had the edge. Uh, at the at the end, I'm not sure. I, I was surfing your wheel there for a, 
coming up to the where it pitched up. Yeah. And then I tried to go around. I don't know if I got it or not. So. I feel I feel like you got around me because I, I I did not sprint all the way to the line. Um, I came out of my pedal between turns three and four. Um, it slowed down enough that I felt pretty good. I was I was gonna wind it up, and I honestly had nothing to lose, and I wasn't gonna win, so I was gonna go for a long move just to try to get out of that turn fast. And I uh, came out of my pedal, tried to stomp it back in, missed it. Tried to stomp it back in again, missed it. Third time, got back in the pedal, and then we started going. Um, but I was happy to see you, Chip, uh, come up next to me, and glad we could finish the race together and both uh, stayed upright. All right, guys, we'll uh, watch some more racing. Ready? Yeah, let's do it. Drink a beer. Drink a beer. Yep. <laughs> That's fun. I thought that was kind of cool to get the uh, post, post-race uh, euphoria reactions. You know? Yeah. You know, I felt bad. You're saying, uh, drink a beer, drink a beer. We 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 uh, we completely failed in our team <laughs> responsibilities to show up with the uh, cooler full of uh, delicious and cold Urban South beers this week. There were only three of us up there, hmm. but I still feel like you know when we show up at races, People and this is a, this is you know, kudos to our sponsor, yeah. Urban South Brewery. Uh, when we show up at races and guys see us in our in our in our bright pink Urban South kits or the Urban South caps or whatever, it's, a, it's Pavlov's dog. Yeah, they're like, where's the beer, guys? And uh, so, sorry, uh, sorry, everybody, that we didn't have our usual uh, cooler full of cold beers. We uh, we will have it at the next race. Yeah, and, you know, I think that sort of goes back to our point, and we spoke about this earlier, is like, uh, Sunny King kind of was like not on our radar this year. I don't really know why, but it sort of became a last-minute thing. Uh, I think, obviously, a big sh- uh, one of those big reasons, and we'll get into this later, is automatic racing was going there, and we wanted to watch them, and... Uh, um, but we kind of left that race saying, all right, let's, let's come back next year with a stronger force from uh, New Orleans and, and from, and from our team. And, uh, as we, we spoke to Bert Massey, uh, when we were leaving and we were just kind of talking about like, there's no reason why, you know, we see Bert at, we see him at, uh, cross races. We see him at gravel races. Like there is no issue why it has to be our good times had to be any different um, at a road race or a crit, like absolutely not. There's no reason. So, um, and and like I said, in, you know, our pal Dustin was there, and it was all it was all. We had a great time. Everybody was having a good time. We were I'm racing against Gavin, racing. I'm finger quoting racing against Gavin, not really in the same race. But at the end of the day, you know, give him a high five and say, "Dude, hell of a race!" Like it's awesome. So it's yeah. Well, I was it was four Velovic guys in in my race. It was great, you know, yeah. racing with those guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look. I, I posted um, in our in our team on our team page in Facebook basically saying hey you know guys do yourself a favor make plans to come do Sunny King next year um, this was a great weekend I had a fantastic time with you and with the guys that we've that we've all talked about uh, but but how much how much more fun would it have been if we'd have had you know six or seven of our teammates with us um and there was, there was one thing that we kind of made a note about what uh, Sonny King and Alabama Cycling Classic like. There's only two women's categories. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna. I the was entire. Gonna jump to that. I'm there, glad I mean, you brought some, it up. There's some juniors women's categories. There's two junior fields, and they combine a bunch of categories, which is, you know, whatever. That's. But for the, for the adult women. There's the P12 race, the featured huh. women's race in, mm-hmm. in the twilight, and then there's a women's three, four, five race, uh, which is really dominated by not... fast threes, yeah, right? Because they have no other race to do. Like I wouldn't do that. Like 
I'm a four, and I would not go to Sunny King and race a three, four, five race. I just, period. Hey there, folks. This is Bodie. Just chiming in. Unfortunately, we lost the last part of that episode. We got a case of the podcast goblins. Call them the pod gobs. Uh, so, didn't want to scrap the entire episode and thought there was some fun discussions about Peru Bay and our experiences at Sunny King and, and wanted to share those with you. Did not get a chance to discuss the men's and women's pro races, which were pretty awesome to watch pretty phenomenal to be there in person uh, big shout out to our friend and yay ride sponsory is that is that the term Spon- sponsor sponsory uh tom gibbons on automatic racing for getting fourth in the men's race made the break just couldn't quite get that podium spot unfortunately lauren got another asthma attack and was not able to finish the women's race but we hope she'll be back ripping and roaring at Athens coming up this weekend and the rest of Speed Week. So good luck to those folks. We'll be watching for them on the live streams and cheering them on. And, you know, we'll probably uh, share their progress during the week on our Instagram page at Yeah You Ride. So check it out there. Uh, a lot of fun stuff in the stories. Uh, once again, just want to say thanks to y'all for listening to the Yeah You Ride podcast. If you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, please send us an email at yayuride at gmail.com. Thanks to Vic Net for our intro and usually outro music. Um, that's it for now. Can't wait to uh, meet up with my friends Sir Cheerio and T-Bone and get all into the Amstel Gold. That's it for now. Good night, folks.